Hello and welcome to the Talking Outsourcing Podcast. My name is Mark Kobayashi Hillary. In this podcast, I'm talking with the head of the Sri Lankan um, High Tech Services Chamber of Commerce, SLASCOM, um, Mr. Madhu Ratnayake. Madhu talked to me for uh, quite a while about some different questions. Um, the political situation in Sri Lanka is um, just recently changed quite dramatically. Um, and also SLASCOM is now taking a much larger role in trying to promote the country. Look at the SLASCOM website and, and read some of the information that, that's published there. Um, that there's a lot there that, that sounds familiar about um, many countries that are offering um, offshore outsourcing services. Um, yeah. Given that you're in South Asia, what, what, why wouldn't I just go to India? this mark for Sri Lanka. It obviously we are a late entrant into the whole BPO space and IP space. Um, if I distill this down to a couple of things, one, really on the BPO side, uh, uh, we have a distinct advantage on financial service and accounting spectrum. And then our strategy also as a country is not to be a generic destination of outsourcing. We are really focusing on num a couple of few uh, niche centers of excellence focus that we have. So FAO is one of the financial accounting outsourcing. Um, Sri Lanka has the, the largest qualified, uh, UK qualified accounting pool after UK. And we have a uh, uh, whole history of uh, UK accounting professional associations like CIMA, ACCA working in the country for uh, many, many years. And there's many uh, people have gone through, and, and there's a large, so the second largest pool. And uh, as a result, there are many companies have really come on board: the WNS, HSBC, Amber Research, RRDL, and Cotro, and, and some of the, the companies have already come in and started leveraging this FAO focus. That's that's one area we have capacity, and we have, and then cost again is another uh, thing that uh, works in favor of Sri Lanka. We are about, on software side, we are about 20% cheaper um, for, uh, for for engineering cost. And if you look at the BPO, it's, uh, the BPO cost are obviously varying, but it's much cheaper than even software. So one is really our niche focus on FAO side for software, uh, FAO side for uh, BPO. And then the other area we are looking at really to grow for, uh, uh, grow Center of Excellence is in uh, legal process outsourcing and leisure and the travel uh, sector. There are those three three, three hour BPO focus areas. In addition to there are generic uh, stuff that some companies do, uh, but that's one niche focus. Secondly, is really the SME focus as a country. As a as a country, Sri Lanka is a we are focusing on SME sector and a small and medium sized enterprises outsourcing. We are not really going after large scale outsourcing for a number of reasons. Obviously, we don't have the capacity. If somebody comes here and wants to set up a outsourcing operation for 20,000 people in, in two years, that's uh, not not that easily done. And so, so we are focusing on SME. Now, there are two, two distinct advantages for SMEs, right, as opposed to even if you're going for a country like India. If you are an SME, if you go to India today and you want to outsource 100-man operation or 200-man operation, you will not be not even be able to get through the door of some of the large players. You know, you are going to be a very 
small player in a large pool that you're not going to get the level of customer service, level of attention that is required for you to really uh, be operating in a uh, in a small scale. Secondly, you will also have the access to very third grade talent. You will, the top clans will obviously get the top talent, and as you go down, you're going to get uh, third grade talent for your if you have a small deal to go to India. Sri Lanka, on the other hand, obviously have a SME uh, offshoring setup here. Most of the companies are fairly SME themselves, so 100% deal or 200% deal becomes really a, a, a big deal for those companies. You're going to get the management attention, management focus on that. Secondly, you will also have access to top talent, right? You know, if you look at it as a country, um, IT BPO is a sector that. Most of the best of the best in even the country goes to, right? If you look at overall the pool of talent, so therefore you're going to have some really niche talent uh, coming into the uh, have access to that niche talent that you won't have access in a larger geography. So those are the cost, the cost, the access to top talent, and uh, the focus on uh, special niche are the three key things that we are trying to differentiate ourselves with. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, obviously, there are other softer factors like the cultural uh, adaptability of people. There's a lot more alignment and, you know, a lot more adaptability of people being island nation. There's a lot more friendly. Um, we have uh, uh, other advantages like infrastructure. Sri Lanka, you can take, if you look at Colombo, you, you know, Colombo is a really a tier two city with tier one infrastructure. You know, if you look at go to Bangalore or some other places there, uh, where there's tier one infrastructure and a tier one cost base, Sri Lanka is a you know you can look at it in a way that it's a um, tier one city with a tier two cost base. So that that's the cost advantage you have. Those are some of the initial top reasons that somebody would look at Sri Lanka for, and some people who have come to Sri Lanka uh, have leverage. For example, if you take company like HSBC, who has global centers. Uh, in almost many key outsourcing destinations, their center in Sri Lanka is the cheapest globally uh, for them, for a fail. So, right. so those are some of the advantages that we have right now. Okay, and you mentioned then that uh, you're sort of differentiating with um, uh, cost, uh, access to top talent, and um, uh, focus on niche industries. Um, yeah. But in some ways, though, it isn't isn't it a sort of oxymoron? Because I think that you know, if you, if you're focusing on um, access to high class talent, then um, yeah. surely there can't be a focus on low cost. And certainly, that you know, if I look at the Slascom website, um, yeah. low cost is the very first thing that's that's highlighted as as the Sri Lankan advantage. So doesn't that sort of Constant emphasis on low cost undermine the uh, the uh, the talk about the the top talent and the niche industries. See, I I think if you look at the point of view of a client, Mark, right? In the the the, the BPO and IT outsourcing industry is a coin operated industry. It's really, the predominant driver of outsourcing is cost, right? And then the people look at you know taking cost down from a you know higher cost. Uh, countries like US, UK, and the Western world, and to t- take that in. So, cost becomes obviously a primary discussion point. Without a cost advantage, nobody I would think even look at uh, a center uh, 
to set up for an offshore because you're going to take a lot more burden or no real business gain um, because you can get top talent in, in everywhere, I guess, if you pay enough. The, the advantage is even, you know, advantage, I think, we, you know, given a nation with a cost base of much cheaper and access to talent at a, the right cost, is, I think it's a, it's a necessary requirement for you to be in this business, in, in, in my view. So that's why we want to highlight that, okay, it's also cheap and and provide you with, while it's, it's also provide a cheaper talent, it also has the ability to, to attract the top guys at that rate. So that's, the, you know, a, that is the value prop that Sri Lanka has. Right? You know, for example, we have, a, you know, we have operation here in Sri Lanka and India and Sri Lanka, we get access to a lot better talent because we go to the campus and we have the access to the, you know, top, Five uh, percent of the talent that we can get as a company in Sri Lanka, but when we go, you know, we have operation in India also, but we never get access to the the top five percent of Indian talent, uh, being a smaller company. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that's the, uh, you know, that's I think the the two sides that we want to really highlight. Okay, so um, and and I suppose another thing in, is then the the number of suppliers. There's more than three hundred in Sri Lanka in in your. Um, particular space, high tech services uh, and and BPO. Um, yeah. So given the the size of the the labor pool, that that means that obviously there's quite a lot of small smaller companies then. Um, so so that's probably uh, one of the main drivers for your focus on SME clients, I, I guess. And what do you think that um, do you think that Sri Lanka can can scale up, or or, or is the focus going to remain on SMEs? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to take two points. One, you know, SME focus really is, is for two reasons. One is obviously, yes, Sri Lanka companies are also SME focused. So, you know, company with have, you know, 500, 600 people operation obviously can't go and talk a large enterprise and trying to get uh, their business because they won't have the capability or the capacity to do it. I think SME focus at this point in time is a strategic focus for a number of reasons. One is that if you look at SME outsourcing, um, you know, prior to even global slowdown, SME is a sector that really hadn't thought about outsourcing and looked at outsourcing as a strategic lever, right? And and what we are seeing is that more and more companies now, with the you know pressure coming into them to deliver more value to their client at a lower cost, looking at offshoring and outsourcing as a vehicle to, for them to reduce their cost. You know, hitherto they have not looked at that as a strategy. Right? You know, we've seen that many smaller companies are talking to us, coming and saying, "Okay, we'd like to uh, outsource our operation of you know 50 people or 100 people." Um, typically, in a large enterprise, a large outsourcer won't look at that unless there's a potential to grow revenue and become a significant account. Otherwise, the cost of business become higher. So we are seeing it's a growing market, especially in Europe. Um, and UK, uh, there are more companies are looking at it. And secondly, obviously, the where we are positioned right now, right? You, you know, we are right now, uh, companies are small. Obviously, we, we can't look at a larger scale thing. So we we see the opportunity and our readiness right now matches. Now, whether Sri Lanka can scale up, I, you know, it really depends on what is the, the supply side, right? If you really look at our supply pool, pool um, there are two two points I'd like to highlight. One is obviously number. Second one is slightly you know different thinking to India that we have. One is that the numbers, Mark, in, in our college system produces about 450,000 
comes 400,000 people comes out of our college system annually, and about half that um, uh, go to a higher uh, higher level, which is about uh, 225,000. And out of that, that that's really the the pool that is potentially can be leveraged in BPO or software setup. And out of that, uh, even if you look at very 30% or so can be converted into IT uh, BPO, which is about 30,000, between 30 to 40,000 people that we can annual basis get converted into uh, working in IT industry. Right? So that's a kind of potential, I think, if you really look at uh, with a large focus and, a, you know, uh, and if you see a growth market, that is the potential that we can get for manpower side. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, so and there is there's headroom uh, once the market picks up for us to get there. Actually, second point I want to highlight on that same thing is uh, this whole focus on professional education versus graduate education. If you go to India, uh, especially India has set the benchmark for this. You know, every BPO role, even software role, you expect a graduate. Right. In, in India, it's a very cultural thing that. You need to become a graduate even to get married. I mean, that's a level of cultural uh, ingrain that this whole uh, getting a degree has gone into, right? I'm sure you are aware of some of the you know cultural nuances there. So people would do a degree in anything. You can you can do a degree qualification in agriculture or some other natural sciences, and then trying to get into IT after doing that. So they actually spend good four years uh, or three to four years doing a thing, something which is very un unrelated to the job that they're going to be doing, right? right. Um, and then, then get trying to get converted into do also a conversion course and so forth. In Sri Lanka, the, slight, the thing is slightly different. You you have graduate school, they are really what we call it, you know, largely if you compare to India, it's a, like a tier one kind of graduate school. But there's a large percentage of people really go for professional education, professional qualifications like CMA, ACCA, BCS and things like that, which, which really gives you the necessary qualification and competence to... Uh, uh, that you want to be able to uh, leverage in a VPO setup without that, that much of time as well as that much of cost. So that's one of the other reasons that you get a much younger talent pool at a much lower cost with the right level of skills because we you know, we are not really hung up on the graduate requirement. Right? And uh, that has really, you know, come on as a, you know, really a you know, blessing in disguise. The reason that is that there are not a large number of universities, there's about 21 universities which is producing about 24,000 graduate pool. When people can't get into that, they have really shifted into more professional education, right? which has really helped us in being lower cost and really having the right amount of skills required. Okay. Well, one, one of the things that you were touching on there is is the SME market and, and particularly the opportunities that that's, that's going to... Um, uh, highlight. I mean, particularly as most of the Western world hopefully leaves this recession. Um, yeah. One one thing that I think is interesting, though, is that if I'm a 100-person company in the US or UK, how would I know about a 100-person SME in Sri Lanka? Even though it may be my ideal match, there's there's no way that um, that those small companies in Sri Lanka are marketing themselves directly to me. So so what what yeah. is the sort of uh, outreach methods that you're using? So yeah, that you know we've just started doing some of that. If you look at uh, Mark even Slashcom, it's fairly new. We've uh, we've formed uh, almost uh, about just just about a year ago. 
and you start getting the focus in you know simply if you look at i'll just give you a little bit of background before i answer your question you know we have just came out of a, a whole 30 years of uh, terrorist activity which was happening in the north of the country and we just finished that and there's peace back in the country there's you know a lot more optimism if you look at in the last 30 years you know you know what you have heard on tv and what you've seen on tv it was near impossible for us to have any other message in messaging out there right the perception was so strong and and you know i don't know whether you guys have you personally visited uh, colombero i have been yes have you been? yeah you have okay so then you know what what it is right you know, what you see and what you perceive if you haven't been here is very different right we were really as companies you know i i have our operation here for last 12 years right not a single day we closed down the company for anything related to terrorism but the perception is something that we've been really battling very hard right? and 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 if you look at the you know this only ended you know a couple of months ago so i think we have a big job in really uh, really building the brand and really you know making sure potential clients understand what is possible so that's why we are doing things like what you know with NOA and with uh, people like yourself to really get the message out there and you know help us to you know drive the message but um, there's a, you know to your point there's a lot of work that needs to get done so we are hoping that we will you know really focus SMEs and then drive some of the message at the same time Sascom is also driving an initiative to do matchmaking and somebody you know reach out to us and start looking for a, a companies we will soon publish also a database that uh, potential clients can search and you know for, look at uh, other uh, companies who are operating in if they want to set up or if they want to themselves come and set up the R&D center of you know 100 people that uh, we have a board of investment uh, which is working very closely with Slascom which is a government entity to help any uh, new companies who want to come and set up in the country so yeah i mean there's a lot of work ahead of us and um, i think we just got off uh, a pretty bad patch uh, of 30 years so i think uh, some catching up to do um and and that that was really going to lead me to my final point about the perceptions as well then because certainly uh, you know if you if you followed what's been going on in london for um yeah. the probably the last year or so even um yeah. there's been protests um people setting themselves on fire in the street people lobbying and campaigning uh the british government to to uh do something about the um uh the alleged uh, human rights abuse in sri lanka right. and so yeah. you know th- this is the sort of mainstream uh, media perception of sri lanka so so how do you counter that that kind of view um and engage businesses that are that are just seeing this kind of image yeah i think it's you know it's a tough place i mean you you know battle with there is something and now you know it's turned into more of a, a human rights issue but the, it's a it's a perception i guess we have to you know tackle on a, on a longer period of time doing multiple things you know one of the strategies we are looking at really is inviting potential delegates of companies to come here right what we have seen mark in the past is the minute somebody actually comes here and sees and get to see the people interact with people and also get to see the country they fall in love with it there's a lot of people i have seen i'll give you a case study that there was a company who was um, doing their due diligence in uk uh, india they you know gone through the whole process of identifying shortlisting and on the way back the ceo of the company actually came to sri lanka for a two day holiday on his way back to london actually is based in london 
and we got to know about this so we you know approach him and say hey you can would you mind spending half a day with us while you're here we'd like to show you showcase what we have and we you know both the person in you know showed showcase all our capabilities showcase our facilities our teams and he went back and came back the next week with the entire team again reevaluated us and you know we started work with him the week later right uh, two weeks later so once people come in i have many many examples like that who actually it's about really getting them through here to and come in here with us i mean if anybody come here will know the reality on the ground so that's one of the strategies we are trying to do really so we are having you know our government is also supporting us to really work through our foreign missions to start inviting uh, delegates to come here on a business mission to really uh, uh, meet we are inviting people from india we are inviting people from us uk uh, and multiple uh, countries who potentially could do business with us so and and obviously pr campaigns like what we are doing we are driving a, uh, at a country level a very huge uh, pr campaign on on uh, tourism that i think in you know you will see in some of the london taxis also that uh, there's a lot of sri lanka branding will come out if it's not already there um, so we hope that there be tourists who will come in and get the message back out to uh, also to the uh, other countries who will potentially tourists and will also influence some of the distribution makers who will be coming here on tour so multiple strategies uh, and and obviously web presence and talking to analysts and you know getting pr coverage and so forth is something that we have to continue to be at it's a tough uh, tough few months i think we will have till we you know get over the perception issues but we are you know pretty certain that we will get over it thanks for downloading the talking outsourcing podcast for more information about me and my writing go to www.markhillary.com and for more information about the talking outsourcing blog go to computing.co.uk thanks for listening